0: Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence before your throne where we may find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And we always need you, Lord. We need you. Sometimes we're more aware of it than at other times. And so I thank you that you give us these times together to bring to awareness our deep need for you, always to have constant communion with you, always to be in your presence, always to be uh, open to hear your word. Open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, uh, that we might hear what you have for us, Lord. Uh, we take authority over any hindering spirit that would twist and pervert anything that we would hear today. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with a, a listening ear, a listening heart, a hearing ear, and Jesus. Jesus' name, Amen and praise God. Amen. I'm thinking I want to dedicate some time now on Saturdays to prayer and talking about prayer. So that's what we're gonna do starting today. We're gonna talk to and encourage people in prayer. Uh, because I see a lot of goofing off among with these people's church services, and they're just so carnal. It's like these people couldn't be praying. I mean, they have big crowds and trust me, I got nothing against big crowds. Wish we had them. We'll have them in our season. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're doing a work for God that we believe God is doing something unique, uh, and something that needs to be done. But you do what you do for God and, and we do what we do. But there's, there's no reason to, to gather together if there's just jumping and shouting and carrying on and people excited about. You know, it's, when are people gonna hit their faces and, and get serious before God? And so, Lord, I was thinking about it to the Lord and, and I said, Lord, if I see one more couple, pastor and, and first lady, they take, they do a video of them coming in the church in the back and follow them up to the altar and, you know, and, and they're, you know, worshiping and that's nice, but it's just rocking back and forth kind of stuff. And it, there's no reverence for God. There's no, you know, <laughs> and you, they probably drove by a lot of homeless people on the way to get there. They, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, where is, where do those two things meet? Where do they, where does that, where does that person that's, Serving God and, and doing well and prospering and whatever they feel they're doing, uh, where do they meet in their hearts the person that they just drove by who's you know stooped over and pushing a, a grocery cart with all of their belongings in it? Where does that connect? Or are there two separate kingdoms we live in here? Those people can be invited to the kingdom too. In fact, many of them probably are saved people. If you go to talk to people, it will shock you, uh, the kind of history that some people have, and they're living on the streets now. And it's not just homeless people. I mean, we've got neighbors. We've got uh, people that we know. We've got family members who struggle. And I don't think they're real much impressed by it, I mean, they're impressed by it, but not in a good way. You know, I mean, I don't think. So I just put my little comment. I say, am I the only one? Does this look like entertainment? I said, this looks like entertainment to me. I said, when are we going to be about my father's business? So I don't care if people hate it, but they, people need to wake up because you see the comments, all the little people in the church. Oh, this Pastor looks good. Oh yeah. He was pe- preached up a storm. I don't think so. Cause you walk in in the flesh, you probably stay in the flesh during the whole meeting. You got me? You don't come into, to the house of God making a big deal of, about yourself and your, your arrival there. You know, it looked like if you, and then you go scroll over a couple of more, uh, clips and you see a clip of Tina Turner doing the same thing going into one of her concerts. You understand what I'm saying? She was smart. She didn't do it often. Cause she knows how crazy people are when they think you're a celebrity. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, that was very much controlled and you know it. Cause them people that are, uh, you know, they have fans, people who are well known, uh, you kind of keep yourself secluded from people as much as you can, you know, uh, Elvis Presley, you didn't know he left the building until they announced it. And they had to announce it because people were still trying to get in there, thinking he's still in there tearing the building down. They said, no, he's gone. Now y'all can stop. Amen. So, I mean, it's those kinds of things. You have to know the kind of trouble you're borrowing when you start dipping into worldly things. There are some things that strictly belong to the world. They don't belong to us. God did not create him for us. And at the same mouth, they'll say, well, let's give God glory. Well, why don't you act like you really love him? You really glorify him. Cut the nonsense out. You understand what I'm saying? Let's cut this foolishness out. And let's get down to the <laughs> the, the brass tacks of God. Amen? I, then you flip once, uh, you know, you see some, but sometimes you'll see a, um, one of the more traditional denominations, and they're preaching, and, Preaching about sin in the church and sweating and carrying on and I said, Lord, somebody's gotta do it. Bless this, this preacher for getting on here and putting some right stuff on here. Cause somebody's gotta do it. We gotta shake God's people up. And let them know what, what God's really about. He's about winning the lost. At all cost, and not embracing the world, amen. So this this is not something that we do. We you just don't do that kind of stuff. So anyway, we're talking about prayer and and how to have faith in your prayers and why you should have faith in your prayers. So I just thought we'd take some time and discuss prayer in general, uh, the history of prayer as we see it in the Bible, why we pray. Elements of prayer we'll, we'll explore a lot of little areas of prayer because I do want to encourage us in our prayer life uh, because it's so easy to let certain things slip and let them go and and not take time for them and not set aside proper time for prayer so that you are given over to the work of the Lord, like yielding your members over to the Holy Spirit so that he can do something. Um, uh, some of the uh, patriarchs of our church uh, of, and, and church um, uh, fathers of different movements in the church uh, pretty much all come to this consensus is that God can do nothing for man on the earth until man prays. Amen. So God's movement and God's activity very much is dependent on our prayers. And don't think that you can resist God if he wants, if he's called you to pray. It's hard to resist him. So it's not like we're ever in control of it. God is totally in control. But it seems like in order for the earth to be blessed, Something on the earth has to petition God or someone has to petition God. Now, God is a sovereign God. He can move and do anything he wants to. But why is it that Jesus had to take that little boy's lunch first? Everybody got fed off that lunch. See, that that lunch didn't change what it initially started out as. The Bible says it multiplied. And as it increased, he passed. So it was still his lunch the whole time they were feeding everybody. Amen. It just turned from a happy meal into a very happy meal. You got me? And so it, it, it's, it's that way. Everything in the earth begins as a seed. If we want the earth to be blessed, we must take a seed from the earth, offer it to God and ask him to increase it. Amen. So, prayer is really a petition for increase. It's it's always increase in righteousness. It's really increase of whatever is sown in that prayer. So, when you think about it, if you are praying for uh, a a new job or a better job or increase, you have to sow your job that you currently have. Now how do we do that? You don't go and quit your job. How do you sow what you already have? You offer it up in Thanksgiving. Amen. Let's go to, uh, I didn't write it down. The account of, uh, where's my phone? Jesus feeding the 5,000. I know several accounts of it here. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, help me, help me. I probably won't find it in John. I better go someplace else and see if I can find it. Thank you, Lord. Anybody got a good concordance can look that up. Which one? Thank you, Miss Vicky. Matthew 14, she says, and if that's wrong, then that's Vicki. No, here it is. <laughs> I knew that was right. Isn't terrible? It says, and when Jesus heard of it, he uh, at Matthew 14, it started verse 13, it looks like here. Uh, kill Lord. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship to a desert place apart. When the people had heard of it, they followed him on foot out of the city. So Jesus didn't have social media. He didn't have TikTok. He didn't have an entourage. He didn't have a a management firm, uh, promotional agents. Whenever God wants you to be on blast, he'll put you on blast. Jesus would tell many people, don't tell anybody that I did this for you and they told anyway and people found out. So it, it just, it, his news spread like wildfire when it needed to. So here all these people are finding out where he's gonna be next and they're racing off to that city. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion on them and healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. Now, it doesn't mean it was a dry desert, because you find that out, if you keep reading, you find out there was grass there. Amen. He told them, sit them down in the grass. So it wasn't sand they were sitting on. But it meant that there weren't a whole lot. It wasn't a town where there was an inn set up, where people's tents were set up, etc. There was no dwellings there. And he said... Uh, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. He said, "Send them away." Well he said, "No, if we send them home now they're going to faint they're not going to get home in time for a meal if we send them now. now, God makes provision, folks when these people were in the will of God, when you're in the will of God, He makes full provision for you. Don't ever forget that." when you if god sends you to say you want to go to a meeting really badly and you only got enough gas to get there get there but don't don't faint on your faith and say i can't get home cuz i don't have any gas if god got you there he get you home amen in your car and put gas in the tank Amen. So begin to believe God to make full provision. And this is the difference between the disciples and Jesus. The disciples have too much quit in them right now. What's going to take care of that quit is the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes to live in you, he don't let you quit. He'll wake up and tell you, girl, keep going. What you think you're doing here? You you ain't leaving me stranded in this place. Come on, get up! We going a little bit of further. And he said, he said to them, he said, "Send the multitude away that they can go to the villages and buy themselves food." In other words, let these people feed themselves. And Jesus said to them, "They don't need to go anywhere. You give them something to eat." And oh boy! And they said to him, "We have here but five loaves and two fishes." Well, somebody had enough sense to look for food in the group and he said bring them to me this is where you get your increase when you offer it up to god and what did jesus do he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes and looking up to he's looking up to where his help comes from because he had already frisked the disciples and they ain't helpful vain is the help of man they'll mess that up they'll start fighting over them two little loaves and won't be nothing for nobody and so he said he looked up to heaven he blessed thank god for it get out of the mindset of thinking lack see well, complainers think lack why do we complain because we don't think it's going to happen We complain because we see it's too much, it's not enough in the natural. We look in the natural, we measure it up, it's not adequate, and we complain. We need to stop short of the complaint department. Just don't go in there today. Amen. Just check out a complaining and start being thankful if it kills you. And it will kill you because it's going to kill something in you. Thanksgiving always murders the thief. Remember that. Amen. Thanksgiving always murders the thief. Because the devil wants you to complain. He wants you to dig a bigger hole for yourself. He wants you to go down in that hole and cover yourself up with dirt and never get up again. Because if you complain, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to jump down and you're going to dig a bigger hole for yourself. Amen. And so Jesus gave God thanks for what they had. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, took the fishes, looked up to heaven, blessed and broke it, gave the loaves to his disciples, And then to the multitude. And everybody ate. Everybody got full. Amen. So Jesus is looking at them and said, well, you going to send people. They're too hungry to go home now. Why don't you trust the Father who drew them here to feed them too? See, we never trust God all the way, I don't think. You know, there's more he wants to do. You know, sometimes he wonders, he said, well, what'd you just go off with that little bit for? I got so much. You didn't even stay long enough to find out what else I had for you. Do you understand me? We need to linger a little bit. We need to hang around. You listen, if anybody in here, if you had a rich neighbor, they'd be your favorite person on the block. And well, you know, they would, you wouldn't be able to help yourself trying to do you need anything, schmoozing and all that kind of stuff, well, God's your rich neighbor. He's your heavenly father. Why don't you spend more time with him, finding out what else he's got for you. Amen. Yeah, that's what you' gonna do this week, Miss Pat. You' gonna hang out with God and find out exactly where my stuff, God. You promised me stuff. I know you got stuff for me. Hand over my stuff, or it my stuff. It's mine. I claim it. It's mine. It's all. Over. You know what to do. And so, and this is what you do. Amen. And God loves it. He loves it. He loves. it. The Bible says it's His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Amen. Kingdom really means not just good feelings, but stuff. He has stuff with your name on it. And it's his good pleasure to give it to you. Amen? Most most parents, if they had the means, and this is why God don't give some parents a whole lot of stuff. You spoil your kids rotten. And I mean rotten. Stinking rotten. They wouldn't want to work for anything. Wouldn't want to respect you. Want to take more from you than you know is proper to give, all that stuff. And so that's why God limits our ability to receive by our faith, commitment, obedience. There are a lot of things riding on the release of inheritance. Amen? You know, I, I pity people who have billions and, and put it on a time schedule. where When Junior gets 21, we'll turn over some... Jin Jr. might be a crackhead at 21. Amen. Look at Hunter Biden. He's a president's son. And he's on on tape taking his own videos and leaving them everywhere. That's just how bizarre and nuts that poor man is. He's been spoiled. Apparently, he's had more than I've ever had. You got it? And still wanting more. He ain't finished yet. And so these are the things you need to to understand when you talk about what God has reserved for us. Part of our inheritance depends on that relationship with him and how it changes us. See, the changes we need to make are not made by us going away from the presence of God and trying to straighten ourselves up. You ever think, think that sometimes, well, God, I just, you know, I know I got a lot wrong with me and, you know, I need this and I need that. You can't tell him which, how to do his job. He knows what he's doing with you, but he says ask anyway. You always find, feel stupid and, and not quite adequate. And you know, those thoughts will run through your mind. Everybody has that, but that, no, that shouldn't stop you from asking. Amen. Just ask anyway. You see the other kids standing in line asking, go get in line. Amen. He got stuff for everybody. And so Jesus even had, when they finished eating, they had leftovers. I tell people this all the time. If you don't have leftovers, keep believing God. And I'm not talking about the McDonald's meals. I'm talking about real food. Now, you don't need to have that stuff left over. You deserve what you get if you eat not a fast food all the time. You got me? And he'd even provide for you in that. You ain't got no better sense than to think that's a treat. You better go get you some chicken and fry it and put it in the, put it in something. I see all these crock pot and ranch dressing packets. I said, if I see another chicken and ranch dressing crock pot, Recipe, I'll just throw up. But at least do that. Go get you some get chicken with bones in it. Don't be always. Everybody want to get boneless this and but but buy chicken with some bones in it. Them bones is good. Now they got you paying five dollars a jar for bone broth, and all they do is take them bones you don't want. You pay, pay $6 a pound for the, the meat and, and you know, you take that home and they take the scrap bones left in the factory and put a big cauldron on, boil it, call it bone broth, and sell it to you for $6. So they got you twice. Huh? And my mother was making, she didn't know nothing but boiling chicken with the bones in it. You know, if you had a, a large family to feed, there were six of us. That back in the day, it wasn't that large, but it was getting there, you know, and, uh, she would roast a chicken or, you know, bake a chicken and, and boil it, and, you know, make chicken soup and all that stuff with, you know, and you ate well for days. You weren't hungry. You didn't go stop at fast food cause you didn't get enough at dinner time. You know, you, you got enough when, you, when mama got finished feeding you, you was full. Amen amen if she thought it was skimpy on the meat you made she had biscuits them biscuits blow your stomach up huh you got plenty full off of that stuff and it wasn't that expensive but they would get backs and necks and boil them and make good broth out of them and you know you learned how to suck chicken neck bones amen so, don't tell me what you can't do, and it's i i, I not had no I, go somewhere, go sit down somewhere. A lot of people, if you brought them real groceries, they wouldn't know what each other. oh, that's what chicken looked like. I thought it came in them little round things no we you, the the chicken there's no part of the chicken that's called a nugget all that fictitious food. That's why all, everybody got bad gallbladder sitting up in urgent care. And they give you, they give you a couple of antacids and you belch real good and you go home. I said, that's a shame. Just a shame. Stay out of there, saints. Go home, cook you some food. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, where was I? So, so they were able to, Jesus was able to feed, it says, five thousand men besides women and children off three loaves and two fishes, five loaves and two fishes. Amen. So when we have a need down here on earth, we must offer something up to God in Thanksgiving, at least. And and then there are other offerings that that God will repay us in. But when you sow, you you receive what you what you sow. You reap. And there are times when you God will will start working with you. And so I know you like nice clothes, and and so. But I want what I want you to do in order for me to supply you with those. I want you to consistently give out of your closet. Take some of that stuff you ain't wearing. You. Brag about what you got and feel good about you got so many clothes closets bulging. Get some of that stuff out of there and start giving it away, and and he will start to replace it with things, or you'll buy things that you you don't play, pay full price for, you know that kind of stuff. He he gives you the means to get the things that you desire, increase because why you've sacrificed and sown that, so that you don't have it anymore. See, anything that you give to God is something that you cut all ownership off of. You don't have it anymore, okay? You're not looking for it anymore. You're not looking to get it back from the same person right away. Amen? The Bible says, cast your bread on the water. That means send it away. Don't don't follow it. After many days, it'll come back to you. So he wants to get us in the habit of giving, period. Amen. Releasing so that he can return to us things that we, he said he will, men will give into your bosom. That means the place that you hold dear, what's dear to you, what you really, really like. And so God will give you the things you really, really like, but you got to learn how to sow in order to receive those things. Amen. And that's all he wants us to do. So part of our prayer is our confession. Amen of the things that we desire in in learning how to connect with God in a way where he can always bless us. So James five sixteen, I want us all to look at that because this will be our scripture that you keep this in mind for the teaching that we're doing because we want to build our faith in this area, amen, because I see too many times we'll pray and then we get discouraged waiting. Or we wonder about time and all that, and I think if we keep this scripture always before us and, and, and keep it in your heart and, and reflect on it, uh, you can't reflect on it too much uh, uh, then 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 you will will understand how God has confidence in your prayers, how He looks at them, how he he feels about when you pray, uh, you. You know, I'm talking about you, not anybody's prayers, but you personally, because many times we negate our prayers because, because it's us. You ever feel that way? Like you're not feeling so spiffy today and you don't know if God's really heard you. If he, if you're waiting on him to send something to you or you didn't do it right, or you need to do more of it, uh, you know, time and, 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 Idleness in our thinking oftentimes will rob us of the confidence that we should have in our prayer. Amen. So here this one says, uh, this is talking about the prayer of faith. This is one we use for the sick. It says here, um, "Is there any sick among you? Verse 14 says, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord in the prayer of faith. So we're talking about the power of the prayer of faith here, that when you have faith, when you are, are, are in faith in God and trusting God and praying his word, believing his word, then it will do mighty, mighty things. And it says the first thing the prayer of faith does here is save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they're forgiven. So it's a package deal. So right here is where you see the atonement in action. You know, we, we, always say if you, if you can believe God, if you're saved, you're healed. It's all in one operation. You see it right here again. Amen. This is the atonement. If you're, you're saved, you're healed. If your sins are forgiven, that's what salvation is, is having your sins forgiven. And if your sins are forgiven, you're a righteous person. You considered righteous because Jesus paid for your righteousness. So you, you don't try to be the one doing everything right and that's why God answers your prayer. The reason you can do right is because Jesus paid for your sins. And so it, you don't count your righteousness anymore. You count his. Amen. And it's always good to stay on your face before God so that you can, can You see, when he's close to you, when he approves of you, that becomes a confirmation to you that your prayer is being heard. Amen. Many times you'll get a witness in your spirit. You'll get a witness from the Holy Ghost. You'll get a a peace inside of you that lets you know that it's all good. Amen. That, that you've, you've let that sin go. You've let selfishness go. You've let distractions go. And now you're totally given over to God and you become one with Him. Amen. When you are not in sin, you're one with God. If your mind is all distracted and crazy and you want to go do this and you want to go do that and you're looking to do the wrong thing soon, you gotta confess that, folks. You can't just be sitting up here wanting stuff from God and then taking it out into the world or want worldly things with, with your, your, your money and your life. It says a prayer of faith will save the sick. That is a believing prayer. If you believe they'll recover, that's what you gotta do. Amen. You can't just pray and, and not have any faith in the recovery invested in that. Amen. You gotta believe those people you pray for will get better. When you hit that cancer devil, you gotta believe it's gonna go and those people will rise up cancer free. And that's the prayer of faith. It's not just throwing something out there without any vision of what's got the outcome attached to it. You gotta see those people getting up. You gotta see them getting better. You got, when you, when you find out how they're doing, when you check on them, you're not checking to see if they're better. You're checking to make sure they are. You want it confirmed in your ears. And if it's not confirmed in your ears, you say, "God, well, we'll just give it to the end of the chemo treatments and let them, you know, well, let's let's curse these side effects. Let's keep them comfortable while they're getting this treatment, Lord." And and I'm still believing you. I'm expecting that this person's going to be cancer free at the end of this. Amen. And and this is the prayer faith. The the prayer of faith sees the outcome of God's word as the result. Of This prayer you got to see that before you let go of that that prayer and consider it done. Amen. It's it comes with the expectation that it'll come to pass and he says and God will raise him up and if he's committed any sins they shall be forgiven all in the prayer of faith. Amen. And it says here confess your faults one to another while we're talking about forgiveness. Amen. And pray one for another that you may be healed. This is a good, a good thing. You know, you can go to your prayer partner. We got prayer partners. I don't know why people after all these years have started to hide stuff from people they pray with all the time. It just makes no sense. Amen. We know you, what you do. You do what we do. I'm looking for prayer for myself. Amen. And he says, pray one for this is an assurance that you you don't have a sick day in your life. Oh my goodness, think about the reward there. you got to humble yourself to God to get anything anyway. I don't know why you think you just act like you don't do nothing wrong. I'm sure you don't, whatever. Not that it matters <laughs> to God. He knows everything. He's already forgiven us everything. What are you mincing about? Yeah, I didn't do it. I was, see, I was trying to do that. I wasn't trying to do that. I, trying, I don't care what you was trying to do. You missed the mark. That's what sin is. You was aiming for the shoulder and you shot him in the heart. Okay, so you missed the mark. They still did. but God forgives. Amen, and He says. The, the 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 reason you do this is because you want your prayers to carry out much good stuff it says the effectual and the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much now um one of the translations says here it says here Elijah was a man subject to passions just like we are. In other words, he cussed, he he got mad at people, he ran off, he did stuff wrong. He was subject to feel like that and act on it like we do, just like you and me. He says, but he prayed earnestly. Now check this out. A man, a human being just like you and me, prayed earnestly that the rain would stop, and it stopped for three years. Then he prayed to turn it back on again. So he was righteous in the beginning and righteous in, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I prayed to stop the rain and now I'm backslid. How are we going to get rain again? Righteousness holds you to your word. When he prophesied that, he said, "It will. Ha- it will only happen at my word." Turn to First Kings seventeen. I'll show it to you. Because a lot of times we like praying one way all the time, don't we? We don't want to pray drought unless it's somebody we really don't like. You know, First Kings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kill him, God. One of them David prayers. Kill the kids, kill her wife, kill everybody. Okay, First Kings seventeen and verse one. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, "As the Lord God of Israel liveth, He swearing on God now before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to My word." Amen. And so God took care of him during the drought. So all he had to do was keep the prophet alive. But he says, when I say so, that's when the rain will start again. So he was holding faith on the inside of himself that he, number one, would be alive after three years. Number two, would be serving God after three years. And number three, would be able to pray, pray the prayer of faith to turn it back on again. Amen. Amen. Mostly, we develop faith for the blessing. We don't want to curse nothing because we have such a hard time getting our money in, getting our stuff in. Oh, we don't want to reverse the prayer. Amen. But sometimes, but if you're a righteous person, you righteousness helps you to reverse the prayer. You got me. You know, it's not it's not you anymore. Like there are very few prayers you you ever have to pray that will stop good things from happening. You know, we don't like that. Just in, within you, you want to bless. You don't want to have, but there's a righteousness that has enough confidence in God to know it's not time for blessing. Pray for the blessing to be turned off and then to know it's time again. To turn, that's what righteousness will do. You understand what they See us, we can't do it just us, and we can't do it. I mean, it it'll mess some people's prayer lives up to have to pray like that. Because we don't have confidence both ways. Because we kinda have to get comfortable with some stuff within ourselves, within our souls. But a, a truly righteous person who is being obedient to God and depends on God's righteousness in their prayer life. Not just screaming, asking for stuff, and then when it comes, you don't know how God answered that prayer. I ain't talking about that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about people who have relationship with God where they know when God's turning on the words, how far to go, turn them off, and then step back into it again and turn them back on again. So this is somebody who totally depends on God for the unction to pray. And, and, and this is what he's talking about here. He says the effectual fervent prayer, the righteous man availeth much. And he says here, um the, one of the translations, I think it's the amplified, it says the effectual fervent prayer di- is dynamic and has tremendous power. Amen, so your prayer is dynamic that means it's full of life it's it's active it's it's got life in it and it 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 is it it gives you tremendous power amen availeth much is translated that way it begins with talking to God about you, God, I didn't do this right this morning just cleanse me, help me. Remove that from me. I don't want that to be a stumbling block in the prayer room. You got me? Because really, unrighteousness eventually will affect your faith. You can't believe as righteously with stuff inside of you. You know, there are people that think that just because God's still taking care of them, they can be sloppy about confessing their sins. And I don't think you ever can do that. You know? if If you read a little bit of your bible you you know better you look at um um the tabernacle when they set it up the Old testament tabernacle they had a the laver that was set there for the priests to wash themselves before they went into the holy place. That thing was made out of brass, and as you're washing your face, you're looking at your reflection, and you're wondering, ooh. What did I do? God, what do you think about me, God? Here I am before you. How do, how do we do this? Show me, Lord. What do I, what do I confess to you? And see under, in them days, you didn't want to go in there shabby because you had that belt around your waist and if they ever didn't hear your bells tinkling, they yanked on that belt because you had dropped dead and you dragged you out of there. So you definitely cleaned up. See, you can't tell in Old Testament saints some of the crazy stuff we say to each other about sin now and about prayer and about confessing your sin. It ain't necessary to do all that. Honey, Jesus, if Jesus took the attitude you have, we'd be on our way to hell now cause it wasn't necessary for him to live to die for us. He could just go on back to heaven and say, "Dad, I couldn't do it." <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You know why people want to take shortcuts? You finally in a kingdom now where you can live. Somebody loves you and wants to take care of you. This is no time to take shortcuts. This is time to give everything. It's the way I look at it. Amen. You don't, you, <laughs> you don't shortcut on things that where somebody's already majorly outgiven you. You're in catch up mode when you're living for God. You know, like Paul said, I'm indebted to preach the gospel. He said, I can't, I don't have a choice. I'm paying off a debt right here if I ever could. But he said, I realize what I'm doing here. And it's not just to have everything nice and smooth all the time and prosper and wear nice clothes and have an entourage to usher me into church and take my video while I'm going in there. How sad. Meets the major, major portion of, <laughs> of salvation. Amen. And it's, it's loving God, putting him first. How's that sound? But the Bible says Elijah was just like us. And so he he had things in his heart, and his mind. He had fears. He had wants, desires. Knew some of them wasn't right. Some of them were right. But yet God cleaned him up, in other words. That's what it's saying here. God has the ability to clean you up before beyond where you thought you could be cleaned. Do things through you you never thought you'd be able to do. Amen? But but it's a process. It's it's something that you've got to submit to, and you've got to 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 um let God have these things and and become clean, be honest with Him. Amen, all the time. So Elijah had faith in righteousness. He knew that as long as God had and he had heard the word of the Lord, and as long as he o- obeyed the word of the Lord, his prayer would get answered. And this is what we need to do. We need to understand that, as long as we obey the Lord we're the Lord, our prayers will be answered. Righteous prayers are full of faith when there's nothing hanky in you and and goofy in you and you're not after something you got no business being after. Amen. You're not trying to get even with somebody and all that kind of crazy stuff that people feel. Sometimes, you know, you're not dealing in your feelings. You're dealing in the word. Then God, he says, they have tremendous, they're dynamic and they have tremendous power. Your prayers do. So always have confidence in, if you follow God's lead in this, confess your faults one to another, Pray for one another. Stay humble to one another. Amen? So that you can be healed. Well like, you know people sometimes they run their mouth. You do too. If not everybody is like you. No, usually what we accuse people of is something we do ourselves. No, somebody talk about you, that's on now. You got me? That should never be your main consideration in obeying God, what somebody is going to do with it, if you tell the truth about yourself. Tell the truth. Amen? So, what constitutes a righteous prayer? So, we we, we want righteousness in our prayer life. And we said that uh, confessing your faults and praying for one another so that you can be healed. Keep yourself in a position where God can always touch you, minister to you. He knows where you are. Glad to see you. You're welcome in the throne room. Amen. Uh, We need to understand that a righteous prayer is a prayer that speaks the will of God. Amen. His word is his will, but we also have to make sure that, that we believe that word that we're praying. Amen. Um and and I always tell people this, believing, part of believing is wanting to see it come to pass. Amen. If you want to see it happen, that means that you at least have faith for the outcome. You understand what I'm saying? So that's a key to to praying the will of God. The other way is that you have to have a peace within you. That, that thing is settled, that it's not back and forth, you know, it's not an iffy thing. And so really righteous prayers come from your spirit when you're yielded to the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will, will guide you in your prayer. You know, that's, it's more, it's more important to lean on Him during prayer. Uh, than it is to try to have everything right. and I don't know if I really believe or not. Well, you want it. That's part of believing. Amen. You're not going to God saying, uh, uh you know, testing him, tempting him to see if if he can do something or not. You have to be settled on the fact that God can do it. And pretty much we know if we can't, we have no choice but to believe he can. Amen. So that that will kind of sum it up. But the thing of it is, I always feel like this, go to God with whatever amount of faith you think you have. Don't let what you feel is, is a doubt or a lack of faith keep you from praying and keep you from asking. Amen. You ask with whatever faith that you have. Amen. And put that before the throne of God. And what happens? Jesus said that. He said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you could move mountains with it. So you're not waiting for your faith to build up to a certain level before you pray a prayer. You pray the word with whatever believing in it you have. It may sound like the most fantastic thing you ever prayed for in your life, but you pray anyway. Now, later on, the enemy may come to you and say, now, you know, you don't believe that. You understand what I'm saying? He said, you know what the doctor said? You know what? Nah, but see, I left that in the throne room, devil. And you can't get it out because you ain't been in there. Amen? You walk by the throne. He don't get in. Amen? The Bible said when he talked about Job, he said the 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 uh, sons of men walked past the throne of God and Satan came with them. Amen. He don't get in nowhere. He can't pray. He can't expect a good outcome. He don't get nothing. He goes to the edge where you can accuse people. You got me? Just as, asking God, you know, uh, uh, that Nola down there, she begging again. <laughs> Amen. See, he'll he'll accuse us of 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 just you know anything that we think. The the way you can can figure out where your faults are, where your weaknesses are, is what the devil accuses you of, because he sees them. But see, when you go in the presence of God, they they don't count anymore because you've confessed them. God, I'm kind of halfway hanging here between faith and unbelief right now. And I'm asking you anyway, I'm mustard. I got this, the mustard seed today. You know, most days I trot in here and I feel pretty good about myself, but today is mustard seed day. Amen. And God is just glad to see you. He said, bring it on in here, daughter. I'll take the mustard seed. Amen. Sometimes we can be so emotionally wrought about things and, and wound up and just started crying out, blabbering and all that. And at the end of it, God heard something in faith. He said, well, she came to me. She must have believed I could help her. Even though the rest of it was kind of toe up. But, you know, <laughs> she showed up. Amen. It's like, you know, the people that uh I used to get mad at them kids that never took a, a sick day from school, perfect attendance kids. i thought, like, who needs this every day? You know, I'm looking for a time where I can get stringed together, you know, some good good grades so I can take a couple of days off. I was sick of running around that place. And so, you know what I mean. But that was so, and I said, they ain't even the best students, a lot of them. You know, a lot of them were really good students, but some of them, they got, I said, how you get perfect attendance? You ain't even doing nothing when you get here. Amen. You just get mad at people like that. And this is what God looks at. He said, well, they showed up. She showed up. She was, she was, you know, sometimes you go to service, you go to church and you say, oh, I could have skipped today. All I did was worry about the bills and worry about this. I didn't hear nothing what the preacher said. You understand? But you showed up. Amen. God, God, He rewards faithfulness. Trust me. But this is what we do when we go into the presence of God, into the throne room of God. We we do our our washing before we go in there, just like the priests did. We're priests under God. We're not just going in there begging for our stuff. We're in there asking for somebody else's stuff too. Because even though you may not verbally uh, confess anything on anybody else's behalf. You ever wonder how sometimes the people around you get blessed and you don't even remember praying for them? And you try to think back and say, well, maybe I did. Say, no, you liar. You know you didn't pray for them for nothing. Amen? But God saw your heart. See, if you have a heart to bless people, even though you don't even mention them, God sees that He'll bless them anyway. Don't go making a liar out of yourself by trying to say, well, I remember I think I might have mentioned them a couple of times when I was in the throne room. No, you're too begging for you, busy begging for your own stuff. But God sees your heart. Praise God. That is such a blessing. Some of these things we've carried in our hearts for a long time. You know, you see loved ones. You know, he said, "Well, Lord, I, I see that they they finally talking about you on Facebook now. You know, uh, they finally mentioning the Lord." He say, "Did I did I ever really pray for them to? You probably did. You just don't mean you. It wasn't something you did over and over and over again. You understand? Thank God for that, because we could blow a good good faith level on people by just confessing unbelief sometimes based on what we see." You understand? Some, sometimes that's the reason you don't hear from people for a long period of time. So you don't get tangled up in their nonsense that they're living right now. Amen? Sometimes it's good to turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to what people are doing. In fact, that's what faith is. It's turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to their natural situation and believing God's word over them anyway. Amen? That's what righteousness will do for you. Righteousness is not concerned about people's faults. It's not at all. It's concerned about getting them into righteousness and believing God for them anyway. Amen? So, uh, uh, prayer, <clears throat> we know that we do the will of, of prayer, uh, will of God through prayer. This is how to get God's will into the earth. This is how we grow in the will of God is through prayer. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which is the will of God. So the one of the things that, that we we can do in order to increase our faith, increase our righteousness, spend more time in the word meditate on the word carry the word around with you you may not have opened the Bible today but you can get up meditating on God's word you got God's word in you bring it up call it up so that it can minister to your soul so that you're thinking God thoughts this morning while you're you're getting up getting dressed and, and getting everything together Don't don't let your mind go off immediately to what it is you got to do today let your mind settle in on God and focus in on His Word. So that, that encourages the fruit of our righteousness. When you keep that Word, that's how you're, you're transformed. Your mind is renewed by the Word of God. And, and I encourage myself on a regular basis, get in your Bible every day. Amen. Spend that time with Him and don't short cut it. I won't tell you, you. You don't have to spend much time. Why would I tell you that? You spend as much time as you can. You love God. He loves you. You love somebody. You spend time with them. Amen? And so this is the way we got to look at it. Don't look at it as a chore that you got to get out of the way. And once you get that out of the way, you can go and have fun all day long. <laughs> you know, your time with God should be enjoyable. Your time with God should bring you peace, spiritually enjoyable to you. So that the rest of your day falls in line according to God's will. Let, let Him start lining stuff up for you by you acknowledging Him, worshiping Him, and putting Him first. Amen? Just put Him first. Say His name first thing when you get up out the bed. Then while you still lying there, start talking to Him. Amen? And, and, and keep the Word of God continually. In your mouth so so then faith will come by hearing the will of god and, and and if you meditate and say you're 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 fighting symptoms and you father, I thank you, I've got my healing, I got it now it's mine, I have it, I thank you that I have my healing, Lord, I have my healing, I have it now, it's mine now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. You suffered so I don't have to suffer. Pain, I rebuke you. You get out the picture. You can't stay around here today. Not today, devil. <laughs> Not today, pain. You know, start talking to these things and set yourself in, in a faith mindset. Set yourself in a righteous mindset. Don't get up worrying about stuff, wondering how it's going to go. You know how it's going to go. How'd you say it was going to go? You say how it's gonna go? No wonder about nothing. Wondering always puts you on the devil's property. It had wandered over there already. Amen. If but tell you to go over there. It's, it goes how you say it's gonna go. Amen. If you can confess you don't have rona and you never got it, it must be something too that's confessing the word and declaring the word. Amen. So just, just let yourself enjoy the, the fruit of your lips. Amen. Let it start producing for you the right stuff. Say what you want to see happen. Don't sit up and worry about what you don't want to see happen. Say what you want to see happen and it'll happen. Amen. Just, you know, do like Uncle Jesse, Cousin Jesse. I still can't get over here, Miss Pat. He just says, oh, God will take care of it. It's going to work out. God'll, ta-. And that's as much faith as he puts forth on his prayers. And sure enough, God's come through for him every single time. Amen. It's amazing. faith. God just looks for faith. He honors faith. It's a wonderful thing. This faith and righteousness go hand in hand, folks. They go hand in hand. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God and the will of God. We have so many people in the Bible that we can point to that were people that prayed and got good results from their prayer. Amen. Abraham prayed. for He, he set up an altar between him and God. He was one of God's first intercessors. Amen. God gave him that anointing while he was considering destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. Now why did God involve him in that? Why, why would he bother Abraham or anybody for that matter? Amen? Because again, what, what our, our, our church fathers have said, God cannot do anything on earth without man praying first. The Bible, many times God said, who will go for us and who shall I send? Who will go for us? He's got to send somebody. To do his bidding from down here on earth. He sends angels all the time, but they've got to assist us in what we prayed for already. He just can't dispatch them and we not know, not have any expectation of what they're going to do when they get here. And so angels often come in response to prayer. Somebody prayed somewhere. Even, even prayers that have been prayed for, for decades and centuries. They're still being answered by God. He's a faithful God. Now's the time. It wasn't time before, but it's time now. And so God then will start to move on prayer. And so He needed somebody to intercede for the righteous in that city. He didn't want to destroy the righteous with the the um, the wicked. And so He told Abraham about it. He says, "Shall I hide?" What i am going to do from him? He said, no, I'm going to tell him. Why didn't he want to hide it from him? Because he needed somebody to help him to get the righteous people out of there. God knew Lot and his family were there. It, it wasn't a surprise to God. And so God then tells Abraham, he said, I'm going to do this. He said, but your cousin, your nephew is still over there. Amen. And his family. And so then Abraham begins to petition and to be honest with you, God would have saved more people if Abraham had kept talking see that's the amazing thing about us as humans. we always fall short of what God's real will is whenever you ask for something you you know that's why God has the the uh the clause in the Bible, the fine print he says, "I know you won't ask me for what's." Definitely in my heart to give you all of it, but, but I can do exceeding and abundantly beyond all you. So God gives himself room to go beyond what we ask. Why? Because he knows we won't ask for whatever it is. We won't tell the truth on the amount for nothing. You can see it before you, you know, 10 acres. You ask for two. You should have asked for the 10 because he had the 10 set aside for you. You understand what I'm saying? And so many times we'll fall short. And God will leave it there for us to come and claim later. Such a good God. He's such a good God. But he leaves room for himself, for his sovereignty to step in and add the parts we were afraid to ask for. Or add the parts that we, we stopped in our righteousness. You know, righteousness tends to ask for exactly what's on God's heart. And if we would let that flow, but then we look at what we've been talking about and we stop it. I can't ask God for that. Yes, your carnal man showing up and cutting the thing short. Amen. Instead of asking for the whole business the way God wants to give it to us. Amen. I've started saying, God, if I don't get it now, when am I going to get it? Not heaven. I'm going to get it right now, God. Just let me have everything. Don't let me have any stops in what I believe in you for. Amen? (laughs) And just allow God. But see, you got to live for God every day. You can't take a day off and decide you're just going to go through the catalog and, and look for stuff to get in debt for. You know, you you just got to live for God. Period. Righteousness will get it. You know, living close to God, hearing what He has to say on a regular basis, not taking a day off. Amen. That kind of thing. And so, and and I, do the best you can. I'm not trying to put any heavy burdens on anybody, but do what you know is right to do. Do the best you can. God, keep my heart pure. Keep my eyes straight where they supposed to be. God, keep my feet from walking in places I shouldn't be. No, keep my mind on you so that I can be appropriate in all situations at all times. So Abraham was one of our Old Testament patriarchs that was an intercessor. Amen. We forget that about him. And he interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah and, and, and made sure that only the unrighteous were destroyed in that city. God decided he wasn't decided at first when he first Broasted it with Abraham if he were going to destroy the city, but then he decided he had to. It was just so wicked. And so when the the men in that city tried to rape some angels that God had sent, he said, no, it's over for this crowd right here. And he told the angels to get, told uh, uh, um, Lot to get your family out of here and tell them to walk and don't look back. Amen. Remember Lot's wife. The LGBTQ, whatever she was. She couldn't, couldn't just keep walking. She had to look back. See, your heart is what causes you to look. What's in your heart wants to be appreciated, wants to appreciate itself. And so that's what, that was in her heart. And so, um, it wind up only three people were saved out of that wicked city. Amen. So, Abraham prayed righteous prayers. Those prayers were able to save people that were slated for destruction if God had not intervened. Jacob was another man of prayer. He didn't start out that way. Amen. But he found that he had to come to terms with who he was. He was a uh, cheater, a con man, Trickster, supplanter. He had done, done wrong to his brother, stolen. He find out people's weaknesses and work on their weaknesses. And that's how he was able to get over on his brother Jacob. Amen. Stole the birthright from him. Of course he had help from his mother. Amen. And so he, he was assisted in that. But then when he got to be an adult and he started trying to live The same way he used to live, he found it wasn't working for him. He found his uncle Laban, who was more of a trickster than he was. And so he had to work. Laban deceived him about his wages, deceived him about his wife. He had to keep working for Laban. And Laban had no intention of letting him go. And Jacob finally had to go to God and find out, God, what do I do? And God began to deal with him. In fact, in such a way, Jacob was such a hard case that he wrestled all night long with the angel of the Lord. Now we, we know it was an angel. People say, some people say it was Jesus pre-incarnate. Who knows? But we know that it was somebody sent by God that had the ability to bless him or not bless him. And Jacob really was wrestling with himself all that time to be honest with you because if you think about it that's what we do you wrestle with these little thoughts you have these little desires you have you want to do this you want to do that you don't have the money you don't know God wants you to do it is it going to work out and all that kind of stuff until finally you say you know what God I am sick of fighting myself I'm a sick of wrestling with myself I'm sick of feeling like I can't Do what I'm supposed to do, and and it's wrong, and I just don't know. God, I'm gonna let you have the whole mess, Amen. Even after we're saved, we go through these things. Certain things hinder us and want to stay grabbing us all the time and don't want to let us go. And and so once you the once you get over into that release, God will start to guide you, but He can't guide you if you double minded. See, if one day you want this anyway, and then you know it's not time for you to, you just can't let it go. And so God, until you let it go, you won't hear very much from God. He'll just let you keep wrestling, let you keep struggling. But once you decide to let it go and let him have it, then he can start leading you. And this is what what happened to Jacob. He found out that God was there with him all the time. He could have turned to God at any time and got released from himself, released from Uncle Laban, get his family and his children and his wives and take them on and and have land for himself that he didn't even have a place for his family to live, and he had like two dozen kids by then you understand i mean it was it was one of those things where where um he just was stuck. He didn't want to be stuck because here he's. just wait a minute now. I'm entitled to my father's property. When is that going to come to me? Amen. I got a birthright here. I can't even cash it in because I'm not a blessed man. I'm stuck here working for somebody else. See, he enslaved his brother. Somebody in turn enslaved him. And he had to pray his way out of that. So much so that when he got done, he said, this is the house of the Lord. He said, I just realized the presence of the Lord, and he has been here all along for me to help me, to help me to do what my father did. I could live like my father lived, finally. I don't have to live working for working for the man every night. You know, he said, I don't have to do that. I'm free. And so he realized in that place, that he was able then to, to, to get his life freed up because God was finally with him. All those years he'd been tricking people and all that kind of stuff and God had, was there to help him all along. He finally knew it. So he started to cling to God. Amen. And then he got bold. He went to his father-in-law and began to make a deal so that he can get away from him. Never done that before. And so righteousness has a boldness with it, a confidence with it, that when you sometimes you can intercede, From some, sometimes your intercession is not so much for what you get from God, but what you get from God, <laughs> how it changes you. Amen. And so Jacob came out of that intercession, a changed man. He began to say, you know what, my righteousness will speak for me. So i don't have to answer you. I'll let God, in other words, God is going to show you who I am. Amen. And this is what happened with, this is how he got away from Laban. God showed him how to, to visualize, uh, genetic engineering of cattle. He's the first genetic engineer that we see in the Bible. He got the cattle the way he wanted them to be. And when they came out spotted, and and Laban's were spotted, and Laban didn't understand how he got all these spotted cattle and they was over in his pen. So he showed, God showed Laban, look, this man had ability the whole time. He could have caused these flocks to multiply a whole lot more than they did, but you kept him down being greedy. See? And so Jacob was able to pray himself over into righteousness pray himself out of bondage free up his family free up his wives and his children and many descendants because that was God's plan even though he started out stealing it God can for God forgives and he redeems. So what he stole was redeemed. And he went on to live for God and to to be one of the, our major, he was a major patriarch. He had the 12 tribes that God talked about. Those were the children Abraham saw when he looked up at the sky and counted the stars. That turned out to be Jacob's, part of Jacob's children was in that group. Amen. So God answers righteous prayer. Prayers of righteous people. Jacob let go of his, his desire to trick somebody. He, he vowed to tithe to God and honor him. Amen. For, for him, that was a big thing. Honoring God with the tenth. Most, most righteous people did it amen and this is how they knew who their god was and he'd find a priest to present it to that was never the problem he could find a holy man and and and, and uh, have somebody to to minister over his offerings to god but but still he was able to to have that confidence that god was his provider and he wanted to honor god always remembering god you're the reason that i'm able to do this you're you're the one that got me free and got my family free amen Hannah began a dynasty, a new dynasty, of priests, of prophets. Her son formed the first school of the prophet. Why? Through her righteous prayer. Amen? She begged. See, there's nothing against begging. (laughs) She prayed in such a way that she emptied her soul before God. She totally emptied herself out. Is like God. There's nothing left in me, uh, you know. I mean, she was wrung out by the time she was done praying, so much so that she. It, it seems that she got some kind of experience of being lost in the Spirit, where where she was in the presence of God. She went to Eli the priest to give her offering, her sacrifice. So she was in the presence of of the holy. She was in the holy presence of God. So you can say the Holy Spirit helped her prayer. It was a righteous prayer. It was not just because it was coming from a need and coming from her heart, but she was in the presence of God when she made the prayer. And she she knew that was the right place to do it. And she finally got her prayer right. Amen. All the time she had prayed, she prayed wrong. Or God would have answered by then. She finally prayed right. She got over and And see, there's that's why I say, until you really understand that you have that confidence that you've released that to God, stay in his face. Keep going back. Stay in his presence. God, I don't know if I reached you the last time I was here. Let me, let me, you still, I, I still don't have a child yet. I don't have a son yet. Look, let me come back to you again. And she finally got the prayer Right. Amen. Because the priest noticed her. When you get that's the same thing as God noticing you. I don't care. Eli and all his sons was backslidden, but that don't matter. When he's anointed by God, that anointing carries everything. Don't ever look at people and how they live and whether or not they live in right to pray for you or don't don't look at stuff like that. Go by the inner witness. God can get a, a drunk preacher sober enough to pray for a sick person in a in a bar he can certainly the anointing covers everything folks we don't know what you did yesterday either so you know what I'm saying you we just do what we do but the leading of God had to be there and Hannah had the leading of the Lord in her prayer this time she began a dynasty of priests prophets every prophet that came in the nation of Israel, came out of her seed. That was her prayer. She offered up her seed to God, period. See, when you can do a, God, this is yours, period, I don't want nothing out of it, that's a righteous prayer. That's a righteous prayer. And see, many times we're scared to go there. Oh, come on now. Well, you know, you got You it ain't wrong to want something from God. It's wrong this time. Because I had a feeling this one's for God only. You ever feel like that? God, let me just do what you want me to do today. I know you got me. You got everything I need. You wrote it down. You got a list. It's, I got, I've given you a list as long as from here to heaven. And I know you know what I want. So we don't have to go over that again. And I know you know I want it yesterday. So we don't have to go there. But I'm gonna pray in the spirit a little bit, God, and see what, just what's on your heart. What do we need to deal with today? How do we need to do this, God? Let's do this. This one's for you. Man, whatever you want me to do, God, that's what I want. That's what Hannah did. She said, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. You know, you ever been in one of them moments where you you listen and you say, did I really say that? I mean, after you say it, did I really say that? Did that come out of my mouth? Amen. One of them things. That's a righteous prayer. Because your carnal brain didn't judge it, didn't stop it, didn't modify it, tone it down, make it less. Or I been not give it my son. I'll, I'll never get one back. You don't know the God you're praying to. See, it might have taken her a few trips there to understand who God really was. God like lady, hey, I don't do that. I don't need nothing from you. The earth needs your son. You need him. You need to give him up so I can go into, to my people and give them, let my people live righteously for another season. Amen. And so Samuel would, was phenomenal. Of course he did the same thing Eli did, didn't train his kids right. That's how you get the reputation preacher kids. <laughs> Amen. Spoil rotten. Don't do the right thing. But, but, you know, that's why it's good to burn both ends at the candle sometimes for God. God, I'm a, I am i can not sleep tonight. Let me get up and pray in tongues for a minute and see what you need. There's some things needed down here on earth. I'm going to pray for that. I know it's not my normal prayer time, but I, I I'm here. You know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Amazing the things God will do with those little extras of time we give Him. The little sleeplessnesses that you know we can just turn over, pray in the spirit, and get up and go sit in the living room and don't you know, be in the habit of turning on the TV every time you walk in a room. That ain't that's the devil right there. I can tell you that ain't God. <laughs> Now I'm messing with you, but you know what I'm saying? There are times where you are secluded unto God for a reason. And he will get the work done that he wants to get done, but the prayers of righteous people avail so much more. Amen. Um, you know what? I didn't pray, ladies. I was going to pray a couple of prayers from the manual. We can do that next Saturday, but let me know 10 minutes. Okay. Next time 10 minutes is good. And we pray those. And so we'll pray the seed of the righteous. If God tells me I should have done it, I'll do it tomorrow before service starts. So we'll pray and catch them up on Tomorrow, okay. Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us to hear your word. Father, we thank you that we are your righteous people called out. We are the ones who are set apart to do your will. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to do your will. We want to do more. You can never do too much in god and for god so father i thank you for people who think their plates are too full empty the plates father you know how to do it and lord we thank you for those of us who are undertaking to do greater in the realm of prayer do more in the realm of prayer take on greater burden because certainly the world needs it we honor you and we bless you we thank you for using us father for your glory Give, make us more all the more glorious in you Father we thank you we know it's coming in Jesus name why don't we do our declaration I don't have Rona she don't have me I can't get Rona she don't have me I don't have it. you fill in the blanks <laughs> and it don't have me thank you Lord by your stripes we are healed Now, amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God.